0: Hello and welcome to the Harvard EdCast, a series of conversations with thought leaders in the field of education from across the country and around the world. I'm your host, Matt Weber, and today we're here to discuss how you feel about education. And by you, I mean the public or the teaching profession. And by education, it's really anything and everything, from charter schools and merit pay to digital learning and single-sex schools. We're here with Assistant Professor of Education at the Harvard Graduate School of Education, Marty West, also the Executive Editor at Education Next. Marty will discuss a recent survey that has shed light on just how the American perception of school reform has changed. Welcome to the EdCast.
1: Thanks. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Dr. West, before the results, before we actually get into the results, tell us a little bit about the history and the methodology of how and why this data was collected.
1: So this is a survey that I've been doing for a number of years now with colleagues William Howell at the University of Chicago and Paul Peterson here at Harvard. And it's conducted under the auspices of Education Next, which you mentioned, as well as the Program on Education Policy and Governance at the Kennedy School. Um, And it was started five years ago because we felt that there was a need for an alternative source of public opinion data on education policy issues.
0: What was the process to determining exactly what questions about education reform you wanted to
1: ask the public? I'm not sure that we have a systematic process, except that uh, we want, obviously, to inform our understanding of the issues that are uh, on the public agenda at any given point in time. And what this means is that we obviously uh, are trying to track events and be able to uh, provide results that would speak to uh, those events. Uh, At the same time, that's in tension with our desire to track public opinion over time. So a number of issues we want to be asking about year after year. Uh, It's more interesting actually, Uh, given how you can influence the level of support for a given policy change by how you pose a question, if you pose a question the same way over time and document changes in support over time, that finding actually becomes more interesting. And so that, as we've now done this survey for five consecutive years, uh, a lot of our interpretation focuses on changes over time and differences across groups rather than the level response that we get to any one item.
0: So let's look at some of those results. It changes over time and and one of the obvious subjects on ed reform would be charter schools. Uh, How have the different groups that you surveyed over time seen charter schools, liked them more, disliked
1: them? So uh, stepping back for a bit, I'd say this was the year we were probably most excited when the files actually arrived from knowledge networks and we were able to look at the data. And that's because Uh, we expected that given all the attention to education policy issues over the past year, we can think of the debates over, uh, collective bargaining rights for teachers in Wisconsin and other states. We can think about efforts to change teacher evaluation and compensation systems in many states. Uh, we can think about media events like the release of Waiting for Superman, uh, or Education Nation and the coverage that, uh, was given to the issue in that format. we expected that we might see some changes. Um, but we were surprised that when you look at the views of Americans as a whole, we actually saw much more stability than we did change. And charter schooling is a good example of that. Uh, when we ask people about their, uh, whether they would support the creation of additional charter schools after giving them a brief description of what a charter school is, we found that 43 percent of Americans expressed support. Uh, and that's actually Uh, indistinguishable from what we've seen in the past, actually down one percentage point. Uh, That may be discouraging to charter school advocates, um, especially given in the effort that was made, I think, in promoting the issue over the past year. Uh, I think to encourage them, I would say that there's only 18 percent of Americans who are actually opposed to uh, to the formation of charter schools. it's uh, the balance is undecided. And one of the things that we do in the survey always is to allow people to uh, remain neutral on an issue. It's important to, uh, 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 to give them that option. And uh, one of the things we've seen is we've asked about charter schools over the years that um, in many cases, a plurality of the American public uh, actually doesn't have an opinion one way or the other. In this uh, year, it was 39%. So uh, it suggests to us that the battle over charter schooling is yet to be won that there are a lot of people who are undecided who could be swayed one way or the other. Um we did find that the affluent are much more positive about charter schools with 64% supporting uh them and only 19% opposed. And in this case, we actually saw that the views of teachers uh didn't differ very much from those of the public in terms of their level of support. 45% of teachers were supportive. What you did see with teachers is a higher level of opposition. So, uh Uh, Not surprisingly, teachers are more likely to hold opinions on education policy issues, less likely to take that neutral option. And so you see 37 percent of teachers opposed to the formation of charter schools. So pretty evenly split between opposition and support among teachers.
0: So in your expert opinion, with, with all of the media coverage over the course of a year, like you said, Education Nation, Waiting for Superman, The Lottery, all these different movies and shows that have come out. Are we to assume that based on this survey that the role of the media in affecting perception of charter schools, or very much, in
1: many cases, education reform, is minimal? Well, I'm not sure I would go that far. Uh, Taking a step back for a minute, uh, I said that we were surprised when we received the survey results and analyzed the data and didn't actually see much in the way of changes on this issue and others. uh, Upon reflection, as political scientists, we probably shouldn't have been too surprised because one of the things that political scientists have found over the years is that the views of the American public as a whole tend to be fairly stable over time. Of course, individual responses vary, uh, and even within an individual, you'll see changes over time based on uh, what— considerations they bring to mind when they're answering a given survey, but that random measurement error tends to cancel out when you look at the aggregate. And it turns out that Americans' views tend to be pretty stable absent major external events. Uh, So I think what we can conclude is that the various media events of the past year didn't reach that status. Maybe that's not too surprising. I think when we're in an environment like the Harvard Graduate School of Education where the release of Waiting for Superman is a campus-wide big deal, uh, drawing you know packed houses to screening of the films and debates and panel discussions, we tend to overestimate the extent to which Uh, Americans are paying attention to these issues. One of the first questions of our survey is uh, just ask people how much attention they pay to education policy issues. And we find that uh, only 37% of Americans say that they pay either a great deal or quite a bit of attention to these issues. And uh, so in light of that fact, um, we may overestimate the degree to which these things are picking up uh, in the national public. I
0: think another interesting uh, point in your survey that you looked at was teachers' unions. You know, Obviously in the news from Wisconsin to obviously Randy Weingarten and her portrayal in movies like Waiting for Superman. How, uh, how has the public changed on teachers' unions?
1: There we've seen very little change uh, as well. Uh, we've asked people just their uh, general opinion as to whether teachers' unions have a positive effect on the local schools or a generally negative effect on their local schools. And we've asked that from 2009 to the present so for three years now and we've seen essentially no change over that time uh in 2011 33 uh, percent of americans said that they viewed unions as having a generally negative effect on their local schools 29 percent said they viewed them as having a positive effect and 38 percent were und- undecided uh, the affluent tended to have a more critical view of teachers unions with a majority uh seeing them as having a negative effect uh teachers on the other hand, take a far more positive view. So 58% of teachers view them as having a positive effect. And that's actually up 10 percentage points from the past year. So uh, while all the debate over the role of teachers unions didn't seem to shift the views of the public very much, when it comes to teachers, it does seem to have made them actually more attached to their unions than had been the case previously. Maybe being villainized helped them galvanize. Perhaps. and the union question and that divergence between teacher opinion and the views of the public as a whole that uh, widened over the past year is uh an example of one of the common findings across a number of questions that we asked in this year's survey uh so on many questions relating to policies concerning teachers uh the role of tenure merit pay certification whether teachers should be contributing to their benefits Uh, We see pretty strong divergence between the views of teachers and the American public, and that's something that uh, reflects a uh, movement of teachers away from the views of the public as a whole over the past year. So this divergence is something that we've seen in our data in the past, but really uh, strengthened this year and uh it was really one of the things that we emphasized in writing up the survey results so with that
0: divergence opening up between the american public and the teachers what does that mean for you know for children or for the interactions between teachers and say parents of the american public in in having a shared idea or a shared sense of what education is or where it should be going
1: it's an interesting question uh obviously our research and the methods that we use are uh, designed really to capture the level of support in various groups, not really to uh, analyze directly their consequences or really the the roots of those differences. Um, but it does suggest to me that that split will continue to be one of the fault lines in the public discussion and the political debate over these issues going forward. Um, one of the things that we looked at most closely last year in analyzing our survey data was the degree to which partisan affiliation structured public opinion on education policy issues. And as as, as it turns out, education policy views of Republicans and Democrats don't differ all that much. Uh, the major fault lines in the discussion of education policy tend to be within the parties as much as between the parties. And so I think we're... Uh, revealing in writing up the survey this year where the major fault lines are. Um, and uh, so I'm not sure what the, the broader consequences of that are, except to say that I really think this is a uh, a dynamic that's likely to persist and likely to really structure the politics of education going forward. So looking at all the
0: subjects that you surveyed, where was the biggest change?
1: The uh, only item really where we saw a notable jump in support for a particular reform came in the uh example of school vouchers so vouchers that would be provided by the government to allow parents to enroll their child in a private school uh we ask about vouchers in a couple of different ways there's a large controversy over the best way to ask about this issue and regardless of which way we ask about the question about the issue uh support jumped eight percentage points uh over the past year so Currently, in our uh, more uh, sympathetic presentation of the issue, 47 percent of the public expresses support, 27 percent opposition. That's up from 39 percent support just the previous year. Uh, A less sympathetic presentation of the issue generates 39 percent support, up from 31 percent last year. So that's a pretty sizable increase, Um, and it's especially notable because One of the things that we had seen over the previous four years was a steady decline in support for school vouchers, uh, perhaps reflecting the more general uh, shift in uh, in the school choice community uh, towards promoting charter schools rather than private school choice as a way of expanding parental options. That seems to turn around sharply this year, and we don't really know what's behind that. I'm curious, what are your thoughts on
0: future trends? Do you think anything coming up in this upcoming year, whether it be an election coming up or uh, just things, the the way that the education reform movement's going, do you expect or can you be a futurist here and say what you think will decline or what you think will grow?
1: Well, one of the things that people talk a lot uh, about these days when they talk about the future of public education is the role of digital learning. Uh, and there's been a lot of interest in that over the past year uh, as a potential cost-saving measure given the uh, budget difficulties facing uh, public school districts around the nation. So we've been asking people uh, for a couple of years now about the degree to which they think students should be able to receive credit for uh, courses that they take online, Um, and uh, until this year we had seen a uh, trend upwards in support for digital learning. That seemed to change in the past year, something we were surprised about because we were sort of anticipating a, a broader diffusion of these uh, of support for this idea. So uh, support for allowing high school students to receive credit for internet-based uh, courses declined from 52% to 47% over the past year. Um, and so, Uh, that suggests to me that at least absent some other influence, maybe that support for this idea is plateauing a bit and that you're seeing a little bit more resistance than uh, had been the case previously. Marty,
0: last question in the last minute of the show here. With the way that the economy's been with the recession in 2008 and even right now with the market volatility going on right now, how do you think that has affected education reform? And, and did you notice anything in '08 when there was the first recession in terms of the results? And do you anticipate any changes now if we are in
1: another sort of economic uh, point of turmoil? So uh, 2008 was actually an interesting episode because our survey was in the field exactly as the uh, market reached its Nader, in that period, you'll recall the uh, Dow Jones lost 40 to 50 percent of its value, I believe. Uh, and we were in the field right when that was occurring. And that was the only year where we actually saw a sharp drop in support for spending increases on public education, uh, even when we didn't provide this additional information. Um, since that time, public support for spending has increased again, uh, with the caveat that I just mentioned. Uh, but That does suggest to me that this broader economic turmoil uh, could, again, because of its relationship to public opinion, act as a constraint on the ability to find more revenues for public education uh, going forward.
0: Marty West, where can people read this full survey?
1: Well, the uh, full survey results... Uh, as well as our own article trying to make sense of what they tell us, uh, which really only scratches the surface, uh, are available at the website of Education Next, which is www.educationnext.org, and they will be published in the hard copy of the fall issue of the journal out uh, later this month. Thank you, Marty West, for appearing on the EdCast. Glad to be here. This has been the Harvard EdCast, a
0: series of conversations with thought leaders in the field of education. I'm your host, Matt Weber. Thank you kindly for listening. the Harvard Graduate School of Education, working at the nexus of practice, policy, and research.